Ryan Mickler, I am honored to have you today on the <laughs> podcast. Longtime follower and fan of the Order of Man movement. Uh, you're literally leading thousands of men a month uh, through your mastermind, uh, but also you're just reaching a million of men across the world. So thank you for your work that you're doing, Ryan. Yeah, it's my honor. I'd never thought in a million years we'd be in the position that we are, but I think it's a testament to the fact that men want advice, they want encouragement, they want support, they want to band with other men. I also think it's a testament to the dangers that we see in modern times, you know, with the dismissal of manliness and masculinity and uh, governments and cultural institutions, academia, even the medical community rallying against the concept of masculinity and manhood. Uh, there isn't another time in society like this. And I think it's a product of the relative ease of modernity. I mean, we live in pretty, pretty easy times, all things considered. And that's not to dismiss anybody who might be struggling with addiction or going through a divorce or dealing with a job loss uh, or, or the death of a loved one or a medical condition. But all things considered, life's pretty easy compared to what it's been 100, if not 1,000 years ago. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Modern man uh, is definitely, I wouldn't say soft, right? Culture has kind of done that to us and it's hard to embrace hard things. Uh, so thank you for, for what you're doing. I know you have been fairly open book uh, since you started Order of Man. Uh, everything from uh, being raised to your dad uh, and, and ultimately leading out of a place and a posture of, of humility and courage because you've kind of grown through those uh, wounds per se. Uh, you started Order of Man eight years ago? Yeah, 2000, March of 2015, so about eight and a half years ago. Okay. Who who have you become in that time span, right? Because you started out of kind of this desire, one for yourself, and then ultimately like, man, I'm going to keep going on behalf of my other brothers as well. Yeah, I'm definitely more mature. I have a better understanding of what it means to be a man and the challenges that we inevitably face as men. Um, I'm definitely more successful in, in a lot of different venues. Um, you know, I've struggled with my own things. I think we'll probably get into some of my own personal yeah. struggles, even over the past year to two years. Uh, so it, le leading an organization like this doesn't absolve me of, of any of my own temptations or struggles. Uh, I think if anything, it helps me to be more aware of what those struggles are so that as they come up, I'll say it this way, you know, let's just get, let's just address the elephant in the room. Um, I I've dealt with alcoholism, uh, over the past year, I went, I went through a divorce, you know, an 18 year marriage crumbled to the ground. Much of it was my own doing. Uh, so, so a lot of guys will say, well, that's, you know, it's hypocritical. It, it isn't hypocritical. And I'll tell you why, because I don't, I, it wasn't that I didn't believe the message I was sharing is that I was struggled in my own personal application of it, just like we all do. And, and there's this integrity gap that I've been talking about for a long time, and it exists within all of us to varying degrees. Oh. And, and knowing what we should do doesn't always make doing it any easier. It just means we're aware of what we should be doing. Right. And when we don't, we see how we can, we can fall and falter and struggle. Yeah. But the one thing it has allowed me to do, and this is where it's been, man, I'm so grateful that uh, we started this in 2015, is that overcoming alcoholism, uh, overcoming a divorce, I'm not going to say it's easier, but it's more manageable for me because I know what needs to be done now because I have a track record that we've created over eight years. And I've got thousands and thousands of men who want to support me in the mission, who believe in what I'm doing still, 
and are willing to rally behind the cause and, and support me in that way. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, congrats on 15 months of, uh, I don't know if sober free is the right word or alcohol free is the right word, but congrats yeah. on, on 15 Thank months from, from what I counted on the calendar. Uh, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, July, I don't think it's been quite 15. I, I don't really keep track that closely, but July 31st of, of last year, uh, 2022 was my last drink. So yeah, about, about 14 months or so right in there. Yeah. All right. Good deal. So, so for men who are familiar with your story and or for men who frankly aren't, uh, right, you've gone through uh, just a public uh, divorce and you've been super open about it. Uh, to the men who are listening, what, what did you not see that could be helpful for someone else to begin to see? I've always been a pretty high achiever. Um, at the risk of sounding arrogant, maybe more so than, than most people. Um, I'm pretty driven. I'm pretty focused. I'm pretty determined. Some might call it hard headed. Uh, and certainly that can be the case. And what I found when I started drinking is it was a temporary reprieve for me from some stress and anxiety that I was dealing with. And it gradually got worse and worse and worse. And we could talk more about that. But the thing that was interesting about it was very, it was very devious in that, I was thought that I was still leading the family. Well, I, I was still running the business fairly well. The business was still growing. Money was still coming in. I thought the family was happy. I thought my wife was satisfied. You know, we had this beautiful home in Maine. Uh, you know, I, I, I had friends who were, you know, incredible influencers and, and successful people. And I thought I had it all together until I realized one day I didn't have it all together. And I think that was in part due to the fact that I can drive through a lot of things. I can drive through a lot of hardship and challenge. And because of that, I let a, a substance abuse creep in and I wasn't able to see the accurate picture of what was happening because I told myself, well, you know, you're, you're, if anything, you're a high functioning alcoholic, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's a lie. We like to tell ourselves to right. excuse our behavior when we know we shouldn't be doing something. So yeah, we do have to be very, very careful of allowing the creep to come in. And, and that happens in a lot of different ways. Alcoholism right. was, was what it was for me. Uh, it could be pornography addiction. Um, I've even heard from guys who have stepped out on their wives who are like, I, I don't know how it got to this point. You know, I was, I was talking with this woman, it was innocent and it's like, yeah, well, you know, that's the, that's the foot in the door. And so you have to be very, very vigilant about the forces at work against you. And those forces are satanic forces. Uh, those forces are otherworldly forces, people actively working against you. And then it's just our desire to take the path of least resistance and follow our natural urges, which is, to be drunk, which is to be lustful, which is to be cheap, which is to steal or try to reap the benefits of, of something that we haven't earned for ourselves. And we need to be very, very vigilant about taking the path of least resistance because that leads to not so favorable places. Yeah, yeah. That, that slow drift uh, is incredibly common, right? We think things just wake up and one day it's like, oh, how'd that happen? All right, but it's, it's really it's that slow creep, that slow drift uh, of allowing these small lies into our life and then we justify them. Uh, and then ultimately our heart is so hard that we don't even necessarily see them, you know, for sure. This is why systems are so important because if you follow a system, 
it's a no or no go exercise. Did you work out today? Yes or no? No. Okay. Then you didn't follow the system. Did you eat clean? Yes or no? Well, 90%. No, it's like, it's like being pregnant. You either are or aren't. You're not like kind of sort of pregnant. Like either you're pregnant or you're not. And so you either completed your system, the exercise, or you didn't. And if you have a system that you can follow, then you can literally, quite literally check it off a box and say, yep, I did that. 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 I'm a success today. If you can only say I did whatever I wanted to do at 80%, then you didn't do it. And if you, that, that's, that happens, things come up, but tomorrow you bet better dang well, get back on the system and get 100%. Yeah, for sure. So how does a man, right, who is performance driven, right? And most men are to varying degrees, use a system, but at the same time, stay connected to his heart, right? Because we can systematize everything. And I'm a huge fan of, I mean, my strengths finder, I'm top five in discipline, mm -hmm. right? Just, I, I love a regimen. But how have you learned to stay connected to your heart, uh, even in the midst of systems? Well, let me ask you a question to answer that question. What are you disciplined with specifically? You personally, like what, what, if, you, if there were three things that you're the most disciplined about, what would it be? Uh, it'd be my praise and worship time with the Lord in the morning, whether it's music, whether it's time in the word, journaling. Okay. Uh, that, that is very much a 30, 45 minute uh, area of my life working out. Okay. Uh, and then super consistent date nights uh, and intentional conversations. Okay. So if I'm understanding you correctly, it's spiritual health, it's physical health, and then it's relational health. Okay. Let's extract just one. Let's talk about the spiritual health. Why is that so important to you? We get one shot. I mean, we have one body to steward. Uh, and I think God, our ultimate creator, designed this body to optimize and function at a high level. Uh, and it's my stewardship to, to manage that well. So it sounds to me like you have a sense of duty, responsibility to step into and utilize your gifts to their maximum potential because of the, the creator gave them to you. Is, is, that, yeah. that, is that accurate or no? Yeah, absolutely. Would you, would you say that's a, a logical thought process or would you say that's more of a, a soul emotional thought process? Uh, all all things begin in our mind. So just varying degrees, it's logical. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a soul level. It's a heart level. Uh, it, it's a posture of protecting my heart and, and the ultimate thing that God is pursuing in me. So now let's wrap this all up. Your question was, how do you, how do you, I can't remember exact, exact wording you use, but like, how do you keep your heart in it when you're talking about systems but we just did, we just did it. Right. Like we right. literally just came full circle. Yeah. Your, your motive for being disciplined wasn't to check it off of a, of a list that you have. Right. Right. It was because you have this deep sense, this eternal sense of this is my duty. This is my responsibility, my creator. Like these are the things that are required of me. It's not logical. Right, we support right. it logically, right. but that's how you, that's how you harmonize the two. So you can have discipline and you can have, I keep holding this up because this is my, my tool that I use. 
Yeah. Like you can have these systems, you can have these tools, but they need to be connected to a deeper purpose. So for example, going out on a date with your wife, which is something you said is important, is, is fun, it's enjoyable, it leads to fulfillment, it leads to, to joy and happiness. It might even lead to some, some nighttime <laughs> extracurricular activities, which right, right, obviously yeah. physically we enjoy. Like there's a lot of temporal fulfillment and joy that comes from that, but also it helps our soul, right? Yeah. And we, like you, you promised this woman, you committed to this woman, you love this woman, which is an emotion. And because you love her and because you committed to her, you're going to be disciplined in doing date night. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so the two are not at odds with each other. They're very, they're very harmonious and they should work right. together. Right. Well, and I, they, I guess that's the problem that they should, right? Uh, we, we swing the pendulum all over the place and we're all in on, on performance and then we're all in on the soul. And I guess it's one of those places like, so many men need to fight for their own heart before they fight for the hearts of other people. Uh, maybe, maybe in the, this small window of time since we went public with the divorce and into now in August, what is it in particular that you're doing to stay connected to your heart besides the system? Like what, what's inside the system that allows Ryan to be like, you know what, my, my heart is in a good place today. It's not always in a good place, but I mean, things are challenging. Every day is a challenge. And for a lot of guys who are dealing with it, I mean, I watched a video the other day and I don't know how accurate it was, but it said, these are the last, it was a, it was a montage of videos and it was the last videos taken of men before they committed suicide. And it was guys who were on vacation with their family, wrestling with their kids, reading a book to their children, laughing and playing or on some adventure with their friends enjoying life and that's the last video that they have like we as men are very very good at deceiving others and ourselves about how we are doing like i could come on this podcast and i could say bro you know i, I had a divorce and alcohol and like but i'm good like i've recovered i'm 100 percent. i'm dating somebody else and life is good and life is wonderful and the business is growing and all those things are true but the entire truth is that like, there's days where I actually cry. There's days where I struggle. There's days where I just, I, 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 I struggle with the guilt and the shame of, of what's transpired. I, I struggle with letting people down that listen to the podcast. Like I struggle every single day. So the heart's not always in a good place, but to answer your question in the spirit of the way it was asked is I journal um, I, I read a lot. I read a lot of self-development, but I read from the Bible. I've got my Bible sitting over there to your point earlier. I pray. I try to go to church. I try to do good. Um, I try to remember why things are important. You know, when I'm struggling in the relationship with my children who are struggling through their own process of grief and growth through this process, yeah. it's like I, I created that for them. Right. Like I created the hardship. And so how do I work them through it? And if I'm going to, if I'm going to work them through it, what do I need to sacrifice on my own in order to lead them to a better place? And then once I have that figured out, then I can come up with the tactics. Yeah. And so the tactic might be, I'm going to coach my kids sports teams or um, my, my kids were gone with their mother uh, for about a week. This last week, they're coming back tomorrow. And while they were gone, I built a big, square table, a four foot square table for my youngest son for, for Lego. He loves Lego. 
And so I took time out of my day and sacrificed time in the podcast or emails or any number of things I could be doing to build this table. And when he gets back, we're going to paint that table together. Like my heart's in the right place. The tactic was build a table. It's not about the table. It's about the time that we'll spend together. It's about teaching him how to paint. It's about, we're, we're going to build this Lego city. And I, I, uh, I built this little toggle switch on the table itself. So you could turn a light on and off and we're going to drill holes up through the table. And we're going to build these buildings with windows and put lights in each one of the buildings so that when you turn it on at night, it turns on the city at night. Like it's not about the Lego. It's not about the table. It's not about the toggle switch. It's not about the electronics. It's not about jumping on YouTube and trying to figure out like, how do I wire this? I don't know how to wire. I'm, I'm not an electrician. So I took 10 minutes, figured it out. I'm like, okay, I got it. It's not about any of that. It's about connection. It's about responsibility. It's about opportunity to be bonded. And Lego is just the means by which to do it. So I reverse engineer the process. I don't, I don't start with the tactic. I always start with what is the intention? And then now backfill it with how do we maximize or fulfill that intention, that desire that we have? For sure. For sure. I love just watching your energy as you were talking about your son and this Lego set, like I just love the energy uh, that's coming about, right? Because there's there's a deeper passion and purpose there uh, that far outweighs any uh, external success that other people may see or not see. Um, your I story can tell the same stories about watching my son shoot his, my oldest son shoot his very first animal or you know, thinking about my, my second son explaining to me how the new Nike is cost this much and it was built this way. There's only these many shoes made and here's what I'd like to do and custom making a pair of shoes or listening to my daughter talk about dance or even the trouble she has. Cause I don't know what it is with girls, but the trouble she has with the, she's she, like, she's 10 like, she shouldn't have these issues, but her friends and the drama behind her friends. Like I could be just as passionate about any of that. And then the tactic is what comes in after the passion. That's good. That's good. So at the beginning, uh, you, you brought it up yourself about just darkness, uh, this idea about spiritual warfare uh, that's taking place. How, what, what's the level of awareness with the men that you're connected to that, that they are given a belief system that there's spiritual warfare going on for them, for their marriage, business, for their family um, or we just are their hearts so numb that they don't see it as spiritual warfare. I, I, I would say the overwhelming majority of, of men that I've talked to believe in, in a, in a spiritual presence and they believe right. in a higher power. They believe that something beyond just ourselves as humans is taking place. And the guys who don't generally change their tune when things are going horribly, horribly wrong, or they just use euphemism. So instead of saying God, they'll say the universe. Well, the universe. And so I remember I made this post on Twitter and I said, you know, I, I've never understood these guys who talk about the universe as some sort of cosmic force for good in their lives. I don't understand why they don't just say God. That sounds like God to me. And somebody's like, well, you know, it's, it's not God. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's karma. It's, it's the universe. It's mother earth. It's, you know, all these things that are, they, they want you to win. And I'm like, okay, let me understand. Let me, let me make sure I understand. You're talking about the universe as a cosmic force, something greater than us as humans that cannot be measured, that is actively working and conspiring for goodness in your life. Yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. And that's different than God? Well, I, it is because you know, then they, we play the dance. 
universe. I don't care what you call it. Most people believe in something higher, some sort of greater purpose, some sort of greater mission. Um, I think a lot of us just tend to chalk it up to, I don't know, human nature or, um, or, or in some cases, especially with what's going on in the government, don't think it's, it's all that devious at all. It's just, you know, it is people see things differently. I don't, I don't believe that. I think it's devious. I think it's satanic even. And that's, that's a term that people don't like to hear. Like this idea of satanic. No, that it's satanic to, to limit freedoms. I listened to a, I listened to a report today from a father who just got out of prison. He was in prison for, if I remember correctly, roughly two months because he refused to. In fact, he said in an interview that his, I believe she was nine at the time, his nine-year-old daughter who wanted to transition to to a quote-unquote boy, he refused to acknowledge that. And on a radio show that he had done or an interview or something, he had quote-unquote misgendered her and went to prison for two months. The judge wanted him to go to prison for six months for doing that. That's satanic to to strip a a right to father this, this, this man's daughter and to interject is satanic. There's, there's no other explanation for it. And um, even the people who perpetuate these ideas and these myths may not acknowledge that as, as satanic. I don't, I don't think they'd say they're, they're satanic, but they are, they're influenced by satanic forces that are, leading them down a path to destruction and other people. Right. I mean, Satan said, or not Satan, but Jesus said, you know, there's one who's come to steal, kill and destroy. Right. And and that's what's happened. That's what you're saying is that people, science, modern life, we have come up with so many lies that the enemy has thrown at us. And now we're just eating them every day for breakfast. And we're like, no, let's, let's stop and think about what is actually happening for a moment and has my heart so hard that I don't even see the reality of that. Or, you know, is there a way for me to have a paradigm that says, you know, this is, this is false. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I've wrestled with this one a little bit. Like, I don't know how spiritual a man needs to be, but there needs to be some sort of element to something higher than himself and an acknowledgement of something greater than himself. I mean, what if, what if all we did was we just walked around looking after ourselves? I mean, that's, that, that would be, that would be a miserable, miserable existence individually, but also societally. Like if you and I are having this conversation and all we're doing is looking after ourselves, (laughs) this wouldn't even be a thing. Right. 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 Or if I'm walking down, if I, I went to the convenience store uh, a little bit ago, if I went to the convenience store, I'm like, I just need to get a drink like to hell with, what everybody everybody else wants to hell with this business owner who bought all this stuff. I need a drink. I'm thirsty. So I just walked in and stole, stole my drink of choice and walked out of the thing. And you know, like, like how does that work if everybody operates that way? So there's a level of selflessness that needs to go into it or, or at a minimum, a level of mutual consensus where we all agree to work together for the betterment of ourselves and society as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, those are the C.S. Lewis, right? Mere Christianity, the whole idea of this moral authority and this moral code that we operate by uh, until it just seems like the vast majority of the media is not operating by any code other than their own, uh, which is going to your point that they're thinking about themselves at the end of the day. Uh, for you, Ryan, what what are your, in this current season of life, 
Like, what are your secret fears? Like, what are the things that are keeping you up at night in terms of uh, the questions that you're asking yourself as a man? Oh, that's easy. It's all revolves around my kids. Hmm. You know, I've, I've, I think to some degree I've done some irreparable damage to the relationship I have with my kids and will they be okay? Yeah, they'll be okay. You know, that they'll be fine. They'll figure it out and stuff. But like at the same time, I can't help but think I've diminished any opportunities, not all, but I've diminished some opportunities that I have to teach and to educate and to speak into and to influence them. Uh, and so there's personal things that I won't necessarily get into, but there's personal situations and conversations that I've had where I'm like, man, what damage have I done in this relationship? And yeah, those are the things that keep me up is how do I rebuild this relationship? Not for my own benefit, no, no. but so that I can influence my children in positive and effective ways. And if I don't have a good relationship with them, then my influence with them is diminished and I can't help them grow into successful adults the way that I have a desire for them to grow. Yeah. Yeah. What, what does that mean when it comes to, to thinking about your dreams, right? You, you live in this, man, I'm going to fight for my family. I'm going to fight for these, these kids of mine that are interested in my care. But what does that mean for, for your dreams in this season of life? I don't think my dreams are at odds with that. Yeah. Like my kids need to see me chasing and pursuing something significant and meaningful. And if they see me chasing and pursuing something and working towards something and I explain it to them, yeah. um, I don't think that's at odds with my desire to rebuild relationships and cross bridges that may have been destroyed or burned. Yeah. I don't think that are at odds with each other. There might be certain things, for example, um, I had somebody reach out the last day or two and they said, Hey, we're going deep sea uh, fishing in a couple of weeks. Would you like to go? And I would like to go. I would like to do that. My oldest son happens to have a football game on the night right. that we would be leaving. So do I go on the deep sea fishing thing or do I go watch my son play football? Do I right. go watch my son play football? That's not even a choice. That's right. No. Yeah. Like, there's no choice there. Like, I can go deep sea fishing another day. I can go, when my kid graduates high school and he's out on his own and he's got his own family, he doesn't need me around anymore. The ocean's going to be there. Yeah. He won't always be there. He won't, you know, he won't always have the football game to play. And so even if he doesn't acknowledge me and he will, by the way, it's not that tarnished. So I just want to be clear <laughs> on that. But even if he weren't to acknowledge my presence at the game, I still go to the game. Right. Like, there's not even a, it's not even a question. Right. So now I have a litmus test by which to measure what it is I'm going to do. And that's all spiritual base. It's emotion. It's, it's heartfelt, it's soul. Um, and then we, again, we can get into tactics after that. And the tactic is you go to the football game, right. Right. but it's all coming from a pure motive. Yeah, for sure. Well, and I don't, I don't think that question is intended to say dreams and fears are at odds with each other more so of even what you talked about is the reality of, like it is okay to have dreams, but keep those in proper perspective and realize to your point that you're going to have to sacrifice along the way for sometimes the greater good um, of a current dream on behalf of, of the whole system. I've, I've thought about this idea of sacrifice. There really is no sacrifice in these things. And we use that term because that's the term everybody understands. Right. But so, for example, let's take this scenario I just gave you. Am I sacrificing a deep sea fishing trip? Yes, I'm. 
I'm, I'm killing that opportunity in order to go to the football game. So in a way, yes, I'm sacrificing that, but I'm not giving anything up. I'm exchanging it for something else. It's a lot like energy. So I was teaching my kids science last year. And one thing I learned, I didn't actually know this. Maybe most people probably already know this. I didn't know it is that energy cannot be created or destroyed. It exists and it can only be transferred. Like it just can't, it can't be destroyed. It can only transfer. And so the same thing is true about this idea of sacrifice. I'm not sacrificing anything. I'm just trading it in for another opportunity that I think is going to be more lucrative in the long run. In this case, trading in an opportunity to go deep sea fishing for an opportunity to watch my son play football for a couple hours. And he's going to know I care about him. He's going to know I support him. He's going to know I believe in him. He knows I could have gone on that trip. He knows I said no to that trip. And so he sees that I, that he is worth me doing different things to be around and to see him play and to see him perform. What's the sacrifice? Right. Yeah. I gave up nothing in order for a potential gain. That that to me doesn't sound like sacrifice. That sounds like a pretty good deal. Right. For sure. For sure. Well, in the in the time and energy. Uh, right. Some people would tell you to do a time audit uh, versus an energy audit is, is to your point that if you audit where your energy is going uh, to your point, that doesn't feel like a sacrifice. You're, you're focusing your efforts uh, in the most creative and abundant posture that you can uh, in this season of life. So I think that's a super only if helpful. you're deliberate. Right. A hundred percent. Cause like, what? let's take another scenario and this happens all the time. Somebody invites me to go deep sea fishing and I happen to be a little busy with like some things like maybe a a work appointment or like I was going to work on a project this weekend. And the guy who's like, Hey, you want to go deep sea fishing? I'm like, Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm, um, you know, putting trim in my new trim in my kitchen. Okay. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's not a good trade. Like you can do the trim later. Right. So, So you have to be, and there's all sorts of people who will decline opportunities that could present some real abundance in their lives because it's inconvenient. Like, Oh, then I'm going to have to drive down to San Diego. Yeah. You're going to have to drive six hours or catch a flight. Yeah. You are going to have to do that. Well, then I won't be able to, you know, go grocery shopping until I get back. And so what? (laughs) But guys do that all the time. We trade away these opportunities and we make poor trades, bad decisions rather than good and effective trades. Yeah. Yeah. So what are those uh, trades that you're you're making at, right? I mean, in terms of, I hear your kids, business. What, what's another example of a trade that you're currently uh, focused on? Oh well, relationship trades. I mean, I could yeah. I could I could be more engaged in dating. You know, I could I could pour more fully into that, but I don't because I'm more I'm trying to be more vested in, in into my kids. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, that's a trade. That's a that, that's a painful trade at times. Right. Uh, the business could be a trade, man. I could, tr- I could travel around. I could go do speaking engagements. You know, I, I, I could go pursue this harder. I could go travel all over the U S and try to do interviews with people who are influential and highly successful. And I'd have some success doing that at what cost? Yeah. Is that a trade-off I'm willing to make? Not today. Nope. Yeah. Not today. Um, you know, do I want to travel more? I mean, even this place I'm, I'm living in this place is a, a rental that I have. And it's not ideal. It's not the ideal situation that I want, but it's close to where I need to be in order to be close to my kids and 
in order to have them engage with the school of their choice and be around their friends. Those are trade-offs that I'm making. Um, You know, and then in the business that's personally, but even in the business, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities. I mean, I, I can't tell you how often I get requests and emails and come on my podcast and do this and do that. And I could do that except for there's other things that I need to do, you know? So you messaged me. I'm like, yeah, this would be a great opportunity for me. I, I, I like the way you presented it to me. And so I do this, but there's other, there's hundreds, if not thousands of other requests that I get every single day that I'm just not willing to make that trade because I have to focus on the kids or not even have to, I want to focus on the kids or I have other business projects that I'm working on that are consuming my time. And so every day is a constant series of decisions that I make. You know, I was going to go to Home Depot earlier today. And I was thinking, okay, I need to get a few things for around the house. And I've got a couple of projects I'm working on. So I'll run out of a home Depot as soon as one of my meetings gets done. And I looked at my clock. I'm like, I really only have an hour. If I drive over there, it's going to take me 20 minutes. It's going to take me 20 minutes to get what I want at minimum. And it's going to take me 20 minutes to get back. If I'm lucky, I'll make the next podcast on time. So I better not do that. So I'll have to go later. Like every day is a series of decisions and trade-offs that we need to make. So, so for the man listening, or even the spouse, wife, whoever's listening, where does someone begin? Because I think sometimes the work you and I do, right? Um, it's so close to us, as the saying goes, it's so close to us that that it's magic to other people, right? So how do you how do you break this down? And this this is my wisdom in eight years condensed down to to three points in ninety seconds. There's three realms in which a person should start physical. I'd say four physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And I don't care about how you feel about it. You need to, this is going against what I just said a minute ago, but you're asking me a different question. Where do we start? I don't need you to get do soul searching before I recommend that you go to the gym tomorrow morning. Like there's no soul searching you need to do in that. I don't need you to get right with any spiritual contention or animosity or hardship you had growing up or going to the wrong church or having a bad influence before I tell you, you should pray today and read the Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't need you to like pontificate on what your life means in order for me to recommend to you that you do ought to do something that maybe pushes you outside of your comfort zone or scares you a little bit today. That's going to help your mental and emotional health. I don't need you to like, wonder about like this beautifully articulated uh, thought process about why you are the way you are to recommend that you probably ought to just take out a pen and paper and just journal something today about how today went. I, I want you to do all those things. Like I want you to pontificate. I want you to think about it. I want you to get right with your childhood. I want you to address issues that you've had in the past. I want you to get right in your relationship with God. I want all of that for you, but I don't need you to do that for you to start those four basic things today. And once you do that and you're on the path, the beauty of it is it's cyclical. So what that means is that there's no starting point. It's you just jump in wherever you can and everything works harmoniously. So if I tell you go to the gym, let's just take the physical realm. If I tell you to go to, you might say, well, Ryan, I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident in my job. I want to be more confident with women. I want to be more confident in the way that I carry myself. And I just say, hey, you don't worry about all that shit. Just go to the gym. And you go to the gym every day this week for the rest of the week. 
on Sunday or Monday morning, you're going to be more confident than you were today. A hundred percent without fail. You're going to be more confident. And by the way, okay, now we can start the work of what does confidence mean and how does it look and how does it manifest and why don't we feel confident and why do we have body image issues? And, but the gym is the answer, whether, whatever conclusion you come to, the gym is the answer. Journaling is the answer. The Bible gospel is the answer. Like, so just go do the answer and we'll backfill it with everything else that we need to do, because I don't want you to wait until you have life figured out before you go to the gym. This is what guys will say. Well, you know, Ryan, I'd really like to get in shape a little bit more before I go to the gym. That's dumb. That's what the gym is for. We have our exclusive brotherhood. It's called the Iron Council. I had a guy message me the other day. He's like, Ryan, I'd really like to figure everything out before I uh, join the Iron Council so I can be more valuable in the Iron Council. That's dumb. The Iron Council is to help you figure things out. You're doing this backwards. You don't need to wait till everything's perfect. You just start and then you can start backfilling all these other things that we've been talking about. So, so good. It's so simple, right? We, we make it way too complex. Uh, just get started. Uh, and, and I think that's the, the, the struggle is that you hear men going back just to the gym, you hear men just whine over and over about their physical life, physical appearance. Right. But it, but just start like, right. But I think, that's that vulnerability piece. We feel vulnerable in the gym. We feel vulnerable with our finances and on the list goes, but it's like, no, these pursuits, as you pursue them, you become wholehearted. As you pursue them, you're filled with more courage uh, and it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, so thank you for trying to keep that super basic for us. What are, well, what I've are heard guys with, can I share one other concept? Yeah, on go that? for it. Yeah. I've heard guys talk about it and they've <laughs> I literally had a conversation that went something like this. The guy said, I really want to get in shape. I said, good, go to the gym. He's like, well, you know, like I really want to be a bodybuilder. I'm like, awesome. Go to the gym. He's like, yeah, but I don't know what program I have to do in order to be a bodybuilder. I'm like, you know what? Like, tell me this. When's the last time you went to the gym? And he's like, I don't know. It's probably been six years. I'm like, you have no worry about becoming a professional bodybuilder today. Like that shouldn't even be on your radar. Don't, don't even worry about that. Just go to the gym. You don't know how to do a bench press. He's like, no, I do. I'm like, you don't know how to do a squat. You don't know how to do a deadlift. You don't know how to do pull-ups. You don't know how to do push-ups. No, I know all that. Good. Go do that today. And then we'll talk about bodybuilding tomorrow. But like prove to somebody, mostly yourself, not me, prove to yourself that you can do that for a week. You can do that for 30 days. I used to see this all the time in my financial planning practice. I'd have people come in. They're like, Hey, uh, Ryan, you know, you're an investment advisor. Yes, I am. And they'd say, what's the best performance you can get in a mutual fund? My, my friend said he got 13% last year. And so what can you get for me? And I say, you know, well, tell me how much you're saving. Tell me how much you're investing on a monthly basis right now. And they're like, oh, well, you know, we're not investing. Then it doesn't matter. The answer to that question doesn't matter because 100% of zero is zero. So instead of you worrying about what I can get you as a rate of return, why don't you learn to save some money on a monthly basis? And you do that for three or six months or 12 months, then come back. And then I'd be happy to answer your question, but you don't even have the fundamentals, right? You're putting the cart before the horse and you're jumping to level 100 without going through one to 99. Yeah. Yeah. One step, one step. So one simple. step where you're at. 
Yes. Like, don't worry about where I'm at. Like, right. like I might be at 37. Okay. Then you need to be at level one if that's where you're at. Right. Or you know what? I might be at level 10 at something and you're at level 70. Are you telling me you're willing to throttle back to my level because I'm not where you are? No, you should right. be on 71. I'll worry about getting to 11. Right. Right. Yeah. So good. What are, what are three resources uh, either currently or maybe in the past that have been meaningful to you uh, in your, in your journey? Well, I always say the Bible, but I, I sound, it, it sounds weird, but I also think it's true. And it almost sounds a little blasphemous. Like that's the easy answer. So like, I usually don't use that one. Like that's kind of the throwaway answer, but it's not a throwaway answer. It's a legitimate answer. So that's where it's kind of weird. Right. <laughs> So yes, we'll do that as like a prerequisite. Um, man, there's so many great resources. One book that I really like is John Eldridge's wild at heart. Have you read that book? Oh yeah. 23 Um, years ago. Yeah. 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 Read it again if you haven't, because it's not that transformed my life, this movement. What a phenomenal book. Um, I got a, so I I got a box of them sitting in my, I got a box. If anybody messages me, I'll, I'll send you a copy because I've got five. You have a, book, a box of wild at heart books right now. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's about, a phenomenal resource. Talk about energy. You've got a bunch of stored energy doing nothing like transfer that, right? Like yeah. give that to somebody you guys, take yeah. them up on that if you can. Um, so that, that's a good resource. Um, you know, I really like Jocko's Extreme Ownership. I think that's a great book. It, it, it really teaches you to take responsibility for your own life, even for things that you generally would consider outside of your purview. That's a phenomenal yeah. resource. Um, As a Man Thinketh is a book that I read all the time by James Allen. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. If you want something a little bit more academic, uh, Manhood in the Making by David Gilmore. <laughs> I could just rattle them on and on and on and on. I don't, I don't know. Other, uh, you know, here's a resource I would say, just a generic resource. Like, turn to your left and your right, and just like take an inventory of the men in your corner right now. Like, are these guys you want to be like that? Like, what's their marriages like? What's their businesses like? What's their financial acumen? What are their fitness like? And if it's not where you think you want to be, then maybe you ought to be a little bit more deliberate about who you're spending time with. Um, or maybe just look outside of your immediate circle and say, you know, I really want to be like that guy. Like he seems to have a good business, good, figure out a way to get next to him. Um, but that's a powerful resource and that's something in your area. And I I would echo that point, right? I mean, it's amazing how many men are in your community that are willing to help grow you in whatever aspect of life. It's just a simple ask, right? Uh, we're in August. Eight, nine months ago, I was seeking out a new mentor in my life and made an ask. And I mean, we get together every other week. Uh, He shares his resources, his life, his family, his swimming pool. I mean, it's just an amazing blessing um, because you make a simple ask. So have the courage to ask someone. Right, I have one question to close out. But before we close out, where uh, can people find you and the Order of Man and the good mission that you're up to? orderman.com is our headquarters and you can figure out everything that we're doing there from our iron council brotherhood to the store to books that we have available to events that we're running and then i'm most active on instagram and that's at ryan mickler and my last name is spelled m-i-c-h-l-e-r 
So between those two places, you're going to get a hold of me. If you send me a direct message on Instagram, I'm probably going to get back with you. Is that how we connected originally? That's how we connected. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this, like, I mean, this started 18 months ago. You told me, no once or, <laughs> you told me, no, I know once or twice. And, Oh, I did. <laughs> uh, but, but looking back on your story, right. Like I, like I know why. And I'm like, Oh, okay. No, no big deal. Right. But, but here we are. Uh, Cause I keep taking one more step. So. Hey, props to you for asking again and doing it in a different way that got my attention the third time. So congrats. <laughs> <You're good. laughs> that sounds so, that sounds so arrogant. Congratulations for having me on your podcast. <laughs> no, it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, we're actually connected with a, a mutual friend uh, talking about that off the record, but uh, so okay. Ryan Mickler found you on Instagram and here's the final question. Uh, so we're, we're three years down the road from, from this conversation. Who do you want to look back and say who you've become? Who has Ryan become three years from now? I think um, the biggest thing to go back to my conversation earlier about my kids, I think I want to have, like, I'm not going to say that my kids and I are going to have the perfect relationship that I want to have in three years. I don't know. Uh, and I, and I used to do that in the past, like try, try to control every outcome and make sure it's just the way that I wanted. And I've come to the conclusion that life's just better. If you just say, I don't know. Mm. Um, but we do everything that we can to stack the deck in our favor. And so for me, I want to look back and have a clean conscience. I want to look back at myself and say, you know, Ryan, that three years ago is where you started to take the movement and the action towards reconnecting with your kids, writing the ship apologizing where things broke down, taking ownership of the breakdown of the responsibility, giving them guidance, direction, insight, discipline. And regardless of the outcome for the last three years, you've done everything that you could to make sure that you gave that those relationships, every opportunity that they could to thrive. Um, I wish I could tell you like, Oh yeah, then our relationships would be better and everything would be wonderful. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I would love that to be the outcome. All I can do is focus on what I can do. And I hope that's the kind of man I've been over the past three years. Outstanding. Well, thank you, Ryan, for your time today. Appreciate you, brother. Thanks for the opportunity. I was glad to join you. Great questions today, by the way, too. Thank you.